Welcome to the X-Men TAS podcast. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And you are? (laughs) I'm Sonia. Who are you? My name is Willie. And do you know what we're doing here? I do. What are we doing? (laughs) We're doing a podcast about X-Men, the animated series. That's right. Okay, then. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to watch every damn episode of the show in order until it's over. Okay. And then we might even do more stuff. All right. You don't even want to know what the other stuff is? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You do or you don't? (laughs) What is it? Well, we might watch the movies. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, we might, you know, watch other X-Men related things. Okay. I mean, who knows? All right, then. The future is wide open. Okay. Now, let me ask you about your podcast title here. Okay. Is TAS a generic term? Do people know what that is? You know what? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what TAS was until I started Googling around about this show a few years ago. But I was like, TAS? What the hell is TAS? Yeah, because I think you probably said TAS to me like seven times before I stopped you and was what, like, what you, is that? Do you know what TAS is? Uh, now I do because I had to ask you and I just said it a minute ago. Well, it's For it, our listeners that didn't know, the animated series. Right, and it rhymes with podcast sort of if you say it quickly. Uh, kind of. Say it fast. TAS podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, when did you discover the show? Uh, well, I don't know if discover is the right word. It was on television when I was a kid. And as a kid in the 90s, I was always watching television, so... And you had no cable. Right, that's right. I had no cable when I was growing up, so... Wasn't that hard to miss then? It was on one of the yeah, four no. channels. It was like X-Men, Batman, Spider-Man, Gargoyles was like the lineup. That was it. That Gargoyles. was the television that I was watching in the mid-90s. <laughs> Well, yeah, me too. I, you know, I was there from the start, not to brag. Well, 1992, I remember it came on as a pilot. Uh, I was eight years old in 1992. Um, and the funny thing, well, I mean, it was so super awesome. But then it disappeared. They showed the pilot and that was it. Um, and then uh, it, like an eternity passed and then the show finally started. Hmm. I mean, it probably was only like a couple of months, mm-hmm. but in kid time, it was like forever. Yeah, well, plus because you don't like know when it's coming, and there's no such thing as the internet at that time where you can go and search for all your shows that you want to see and like get updates on it and stuff. R- right. So. I mean, there had to be like something. I, I Like I must have, you know, because I wanted to see it so badly, I must have figured out a way to read the newspaper or a magazine or something or yeah, a TV guide. Yeah, they were like ads for it on TV. I mean, they had to get the word out to kids okay. some way. And anyway, so you were amped for it. Yes. And then? I mean, it was one. Of, it was instantly my favorite show, and it remains so to this day, <laughs> 20 years later. Awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so you've been a fan of X-Men for a long time, and what brought you back to it, like, right now? Well, I mean, to be honest, I've actually always... Uh, wanted to do a podcast about this cartoon for some reason. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about it, a lot of opinions. Okay. But uh, really specifically right now, uh, been watching the show Legion. Right, yeah. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the characters are really interesting and great. And, you know, spoilers, well, not really spoilers, but Legion's about Professor X's son, more or less. Um, and 
watching the show, I mean, it's a show about mutants as a team mm-hmm. in a way more crazy and abstract setting. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, imagine if the side characters were the X-Men that we know and love, mm-hmm. like Cyclops and Storm and Beast. Um, and just thinking, like, if that was actually on television, that would be the greatest thing You know ever. what, though? Like, I kind of appreciate that it's not Cyclops and Beast and Storm and whoever, because it makes you not expect it to be exactly like the X-Men in whatever that means from having watched cartoons and movies and all this other media about right. those same characters. No, it's like its own, it's completely its own thing. You're right, but it, it tantalized me enough where I was like, I just want to see the X-Men. And then I was like, the cartoon is about as, like, is the place to go to get the most serious right, take right, on right. the X-Men that's like deep and dives into it. I mean, the movies are like great too in their own way, but the movies are just... You know, they're they're sort of unsatisfying because right. you know, well, each one kind of creates its own different style or right. tone and, or something. And some are better than others, and yeah. they're like they they jumbled them up. Like, but the TV show really had a beginning. It dives into the characterizations, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's really consistent. pretty consistently good up yeah. until the very end. Yeah, and you know, I've always loved the cartoon, so. You know, it, I'm, like, real motivated to dive way back into this show. <laughs> way to bring it back around to my question. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. And, you know, I mean, I just want to say some general things about the X-Men okay. um, that interest me. I mean, the the main thing right off the bat is just the whole, like, conceit of the premise. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when Stanley created the X-Men, he was... He probably didn't put too much thought into it. He's like, I want a new superhero group. Um, I just made Spider-Man. That was a big hit. And it was a big hit because he's a teenager. And all our teenage fans relate to him. How about a whole superhero team of teenagers? And then, you know, he was faced with the problems like, okay, well... Wait, are they teenagers? Oh, yeah, they're definitely teenagers. Wait, they're Cyclops in and Storm and... Well, no, Storm's not in the very beginning. Oh, in the comic you're talking right, about. Right, in the comic. Okay, okay. Yeah, in the 60s. It was it was Cyclops, yeah. Iceman, Beast, Angel, and Jean Grey, and Professor right, X. Right, I thought you were talking about the, the TV show. No. At which point, no. like, most of them are adults for sure. Right, although okay. their ages are an interesting topic that we should get into later. All like, right. how old the characters are supposed to be. Okay. But anyway, um, so he was just like, okay, I want superhero teenage team. Um, how do they get their powers? I'm tired of coming up... And he said this. I'm tired of coming up with origin stories for each of their powers. They're just born that way. And that was the end of it. And, you know, he just laughed it off, you know, because <laughs> back then... it's great. Like, it created yeah. this whole new world. I mean, he just... It's true. Like, how many ways could you possibly get superpowers? Like, there's radiation and there's, like, magical creatures and, like... And then he just logically <laughs> thought... It. He just thought it through logically. He's like, and, you know, if people are just born with these powers and there's not many of them... Yeah. Other people are going to be freaked out about it. And he creates this whole angle that becomes, you know, this great analogy. And it wasn't right away. becomes this great analogy for civil rights... And, you know, gay rights and whatever right. kind of rights of oppressed people. Like a people. lot of stuff that's going on right now, actually. So. Anytime. It's, like, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. to, like, to have teenagers and then to have them be, like, oppressed, which all teenagers feel oppressed in a way. Right. But to have them be systematically oppressed is, like, that's just, like, a whole, like, beautiful dynamic. And, you know, the X-Men is a fucking genius idea. So... So way to go, Stan Lee. Yes. And then the cartoon <laughs> really captures... Uh, 
that feeling. It really captures the essence of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it really captures the essence of Marvel. And I have to make this point, too, Sonya, <laughs> that the, car- the popularity of the cartoon, it was very successful. Mm-hmm. It was probably the second most popular cartoon uh, next to Batman. Or maybe at times it got even better ratings. I don't really know. But anyway, it was, po- it was right up there. The popular the cartoon, popularity of the cartoon led Fox to put the movie in development. And the X-Men movie was really the first, like, mainstream Marvel movie that got produced. And that movie was so successful that it led to the birth of the whole superhero movie movement, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And and a seemingly unending franchise. (laughs) I mean, let's not go that far. There were Superman movies way before that X-Men movie. Yeah, okay, fine. Superman was legit as a movie that, like, brought comic books to life. And then Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, was really good. Yeah. I but, mean, DC Comics had been in movies already. and like, Okay, but this is Marvel. Marvel is different than DC. Yeah. And, like, you know, Batman and Superman were iconic characters going back, like, 70 years. That, I mean, the X-Men go back to the 60s, which is a long time, even by the 90s. Yeah. But, you know, Marvel had never been done right on the big screen. I mean, people could, like, mention this movie Blade, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, It's not really the same. You know, it's not in the same... X-Men was, like, the first major property of Marvel Mm -hmm. that got made into a movie. It was really good. Um, Yeah, you're right. It it launched a whole trend. And it comes from this cartoon. Right, yeah. And then Brian Singer, if you watch the commentary in the first movie, says in preparation of this movie... Uh, he watched every episode of the cartoon in a row. He didn't read any comic books, which is hilarious. Mm. And I and I don't think that's bad. I think, like, you get the essence of the X-Men from the cartoon. The people who made the cartoon, they knew the comics. They were mar- – a lot of them uh, came from Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know – I've read about that. Um, I can't say specifically who just yet. Um, but anyway, um, it was a Marvel-produced show. And Marvel had their their handprints all. They had a firm grasp on the whole thing and made sure it was marvelly. Mm. So I mean, and it's like you know you didn't have to have read the comics to get the X Men. This made a lot of people fans of both Marvel and the X Men. Yeah, case in point, I never read those comics. There you go. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know what's interesting? I, as an eight year old boy, <laughs> I had a few comic books. You know, how many do you have when you're eight? Not many, but I did have some X Men. Had Spider Man, and you know any comic you got that was from Marvel, and oh, by the way, I instinctively like Marvel better than DC for some reason. I don't know why. But any comic you got, you would go to the uh, letters to the editor section mm-hmm. at the end of the comic, and the letters, um, they they all had the same question: When are we going to see a movie? When are these characters coming to life? And the editors would say, oh, well, you know, like, maybe something's in development. And because there always was something in development. Like, mm-hmm. James Cameron wanted to make a Spider-Man movie. Stan Lee had pushed movies in Hollywood for, like, literally two decades at that point. Um, he had moved from New York to Hollywood specifically to do this, to get Marvel in the, like, production business. Hmm. And, you know, his results were really bad for a long time. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, that's just, everyone was just dying to see this stuff come to life. And it's like, okay, a movie's hard to do. Special effects weren't quite ready yet. But it's like, if you're not giving us a movie, give us a freaking cartoon. And they did. They finally gave us a cartoon. And not and they didn't give us a cheesy cartoon. Because there had been like cheesy Marvel cartoons starting in the sixties. I mean this the original Spider Man show was cool. Um but like it was just like not serious. They, it's not like they were um you know, it didn't have the tone that the comic books had. Um but this show was like the first serious Marvel cartoon. It it was pulled from the comics, 
I took the comic seriously, and it had artwork that reflected the comic books. The art on this show was based on Jim Lee's art, who he was the guy drawing X Men at the time very successfully. X Men was never more popular, really, so they sort of just they pulled his art style and put it in a cartoon and animated it, which is amazing. Hmm. Um, I, I don't. Know, what do you think of the art style? Like generally, do you think it holds up? Did you like it at the time? You know. I mean, I didn't read the comic books. I can see that it could be comic book influenced <laughs> for sure. I don't know. What can I say, really? Okay, like, well, I mean, well, what do you think of it, like, now, watching it in 2017? Uh, Does it look good, bad? I mean, yeah, it works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I still think it looks good. Like, I mean, I... I you know, I don't like personally a lot of modern animation that we see in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like we were watching Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and, and right, that's the name. Well, that's like a whole different thing. Like that's not hand drawn. Like yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, but that's what like, cartoons are now. They're like computer animated. Right, but they're right, but it's different, right? It's, it's like different, the, but it looks like I, I like don't the like the X Men comic. I mean, not the comic, the X Men show, and like all the shows of that era were hand drawn by somebody in like a factory production line. Like, right. you know, there's like, <laughs> well, I mean, there's human error in it, which is which makes it more realistic. Whereas the computer animated or whatever the CGI stuff is like, it's too perfect, yeah. so it doesn't look. Like, ironically, it looks less realistic right. than something that's hand-drawn. I mean, I mean, you know, like, it's like I would describe Jim Lee's art style as, like, kind of realistic in a surreal way. And by realistic, I mean this. Like, if you had a close-up of a character's face mm-hmm. and he was grimacing, they would draw the face, like, his facial lines in a way that was, you know, like like you would capture all those wrinkles and lines of a human face you know what i mean yeah For, and it's not like an anime style where everything is like flat mm-hmm. and really sort of like abstractly um like too shiny yeah like too shiny or yeah. too like you know much of like a just like a like a cartoon in a way it's like here they were trying to like make it look if they had a close up on Wolverine's face it was a close up of like a man you know like growling like, Wolverine would be growling. Right. And that, like, I like that, and I miss that from animation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool. I mean, you know, obviously it's like, hasn't aged well, and it was a little, a little bit cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some cool special effects in for there. For the time, yeah. Right, for, for the, the time, time, yeah. I mean, I remember being impressed by Jubilee's fireworks. Right, as, yeah. As stupid as her power is, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, it's like, what is that? It's like some weird kaleidoscope art, like, shimmering thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's like the height of computer tricks for for that time. But, yeah, but like, right? I remember as a kid, it did seem really cool that they could they could animate it that way. Right. Okay. But anyway, so should we like actually talk about yeah, episode? Yeah, let's one? talk about episode one. It's called <laughs> <laughs> it's called Night of the Sentinels, part one. It's a two parter, but we're gonna do just part one today. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first thing you're hit, you're struck with when you watch the show is the introduction. So when you see the introduction, you see the X-Men in the Blackbird flying around outer space. Yeah, that was always kind of captivating, that outer space scene. Right. Because... Well, are they in outer space? <laughs> well, that's the thing. is like, I don't really know, but it's, it sure looks like they're in outer space. And so, like, it's probably I'd watch the night that, sky, but... And I'd be like, whoa, maybe they're going to outer space in this episode. And right. Like, yeah. It's like, know, it was like a great you episode never you never saw. Right. And so they're flying around in outer space, and you see the X-Men logo right from the comics, which is really cool to see come to life, too. 
Um, and then you get the character introductions, which is a really, like, weird, uh, like, conceit they had. So it starts with, like, an atomic explosion, which is sort of where the X-Men get their powers. Well, they get their powers from, like, radiation or something. I don't know. In the Marvel Universe, if you're irradiated, you get magical powers. Yeah, apparently. You don't get cancer. Mm-hmm. You don't get birth defects. <laughs> you don't... <laughs> You get magical eye beams shooting out of your eyeballs, as we see with Cyclops. Right. You know, blasting into the sky, looking totally terrified. As if it was the first time he discovered his powers, which is kind of cool. I think that's what they're showing with Cyclops there, right? I guess, yeah. And, you know, what's also cool is that, like, with each character they introduce, they have their name. I mean, I guess to introduce them to kids, but it's also, like, a cool... It's as if they had their own comic book title. You know, like, Cyclops, the comic... Wolverine, the comic. And then the next guy we meet is Wolverine, the famous Wolverine. Yeah, right. And uh, I think it's funny, In for like a split second, he's emerging from the jungle, and he's naked, and then his costume appears on him. As if out of nowhere. <laughs> right. Which, like, <laughs> that's not the last time that happens, not just to Wolverine, but like, the X-Men in general... I don't know. It's, you know, Superman goes in the phone booth and changes or whatever. Bruce Wayne has got his, like, lair underground where he gets his costume out. The X-Men, I don't know. There's, like, some weird moments in this cartoon where, like, their clothes magically turn into a costume. You're, you're absolutely, in this episode, there's a scene where Storm shoots lightning at herself and her, like, sensible 90s ensemble disintegrates and yeah. she is wearing her Storm costume That's underneath. exactly what I mean, yeah. I don't know if she does that again going forward. We'll no, have to because see. probably, like, the writers of the show noticed that that moment happened and was like, <laughs> whoa, that's weird. And then, like, they never show her in regular clothes again. She's just always in her, like, Storm outfit. No, I think there's a few times. We're going to note every time they're not in their X-Men outfits because <laughs> this really fascinates me. <laughs> and actually, I think this is a good time to talk about all their costumes. Okay. So wait, let's just rewind a bit. Let's just run them down uh, one at a time. So we got, first of all, I'll just mention all the names. Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Jubilee, Jean Grey, Gambit, Rogue, Professor X. Mm-hmm. Those are all the main characters. And Beast. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Cyclops and his main blue and yellow outfit. What do you think? What's your take? I don't know. Early 90s, whatever. It's like... Yeah. Well, it's an X-Men outfit. <laughs> like. I mean, I loved that outfit as a kid. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, the first... I mean, it's not really part of his outfit, but what really fascinated me was his visor, which uh-huh. contains his uh, laser eyeballs. Um, like, you know, where would Cyclops be in his life if he didn't have that visor? Yeah, he'd be a mess. Well, he'd, he'd essentially be blind is the real answer because he would never be able to open his eyes because <laughs> anything he looked at would be disintegrated instantly. Yeah, but wouldn't like, but he can still see, so wouldn't he be tempted to open his eyes sometimes? Yeah, but he's they established really well that he's a moral good person and he, I just feel like that would be the course of the rest of his life is he'd have to wear... Like, like a blind, a double eye patcher, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really lucky that he met Professor X, and Professor X knew to make ruby quartz uh, goggles for him. Yeah, lucky is right. So, I mean, you know, is ruby quartz real? 
I know ruby rubies are real. Right? Quartz is real. Okay, is what would ruby quartz mean? Does it just mean it's a ruby that's like a block of like? I have no ruby? idea. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Lucky for Cyclops because yeah. he can see and he can control his powers a little bit because of that. Right. And also, uh, just real quick on his costume. I mean, he's got like <laughs> he's got a skin tight. Uh, Blue outfit. Well, yeah, he's got to be able to move. Come on. All right. He's super muscular. Mm-hmm. He's in, in incredibly good shape. Well, All... of course. He's a superhero. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just a man. Yeah, but, like, his business is saving the world routinely. He I has mean, to be in good shape. Yeah, but he's they working out over three hours a day. Yeah, he is. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got time for that. That's what the danger room is for. <laughs> and all, and lastly, he's got, like, little pouches and stuff on his, like, chest band and his belt. Right, he's got, like, a utility belt and a utility (laughs) sash. What do you think he keeps in there? All his superhero stuff. Right. You need your, like, repelling hooks and stuff. I guess you never really see him use it. He never uses it. I don't think he ever uses it. Doesn't he have, um... Don't you get... At some point, I feel like you see him use, like, a a smoke grenade or something like that, maybe. I I don't know. We'll have to watch. There's plenty of opportunities. We're raising a lot of questions here that I'm not going to be able to keep track of. Well, that's fine. (laughs) No, we'll we'll remember as we go along. Okay. Maybe. All right. Next is Wolverine and his outfit. (laughs) All right. And then, I I mean, I guess they... I guess, you know, the traditional X-Men colors are blue and yellow. Uh Or actually, you know, it might be black and yellow. Depends on who's drawing it. Okay. But, you know, let's... For the purposes of this show, it's definitely blue and yellow. So Wolverine also has blue and yellow, Mm. but his is a little more, like, suited to his personality or something. Well, yeah. I mean, Cyclops is vanilla, you know what I mean? Like, he's... He's got, like, a military outfit. Yeah. With yellow underpants. Right. Wolverine has blue underpants. (laughs) He's actually the I think they're overpants. Right. (laughs) Sorry. Right, they're overpants, underpants over his pants. Yeah, I mean he's kind of the inversion of Cyclops because okay. he's Let's mostly yellow. Let's not get too yellow. deep with okay, this because I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was on purpose. I think it was just like this guy's outfit is blue, right. <laughs> this guy's outfit is yellow, and he's got you know like like animal stripes on him, right, and like weird little blue like cufflinks around his shoulders or something. Not cufflinks, but those like futuristic, blue... like sticking up. Yeah. Yeah, it's think... not a sleeve. It's like it's like his outfit was going to be a tank top. <laughs> they were like, "All right, just a little more." It's like a futuristic sleeve. Yeah, cuz yeah. it like sticks up like that. It could be like in the Jetsons or something. Right. It's how they imagined what the future fashion would be like in the 90s. Right, I guess. Right. Okay. And um not functional. But... <laughs> and he wears like a Batman mask too, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And do you think the mask is what makes his hair look the way it does? Oh, I thought it was the opposite. I thought his hair was like that, <laughs> and then the, the mask had to, like, mold around. <laughs> All right, that's an interesting question. And wait, I have one last question about Wolverine. Is his hair black or blue? Black. It gets blue highlights. So is it is it blue, like, just like a blue shadow, because it's so jet black that it It's not a shadow, it's blue? a highlight. What do you mean, that, like, dyed blue? No. Like, when the light hits it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know. It's not going to be white because it, he's not. It's not like shiny and super reflection reflective. It's just a little bit lighter. But like those artists didn't have gray when they were making comics back in the day, I guess. So they used blue instead. I think they had gray. All right, but like look at <laughs> any like comic book character that has black hair, and when they do like the highlights on it to make it look yeah, like three dimensional, yeah, right, they yeah. use blue. Yeah, I mean I think that's cool, but. Because it's, like, it's still, like, a dark value, but not black. Right. Right? Okay. 
All right, the next character, Storm. All right. Her outfit, what do you think? Uh, her so whole look. <laughs> now, her outfit is supposed to be, like, super shiny, right? That's a good question. Is I it think white, it's supposed or to be, like, like, silver or something. Because well, it seems like she just silver? has, like, tons of, like, highlights and shadows, like, all over her outfit. <laughs> I feel like it's supposed to be reflective in some way. I mean, that's a really good question. I hadn't really considered that. I always saw it, thought it was just white. But you're right. Maybe it's, like, supposed to be, like, shiny, reflective, like, white. Who knows? Um, I also like her uh, lightning bolt earrings. Uh-huh, yep. That's really That's pretty fun. Cool. Would you wear those? Yep. You would? Yeah. Okay. All right, and I then... Mean, okay, I want to bring up something with Storm, and just stop me if this is too stupid, but I do not understand what's going on with her uh, breast area. What? So, she... <laughs> <laughs> she's got shadows under her boobs, which makes sense. Okay. You know, um, but she also has these, like, double shadow crescent, half-moon crescents in the middle of her breasts too you've really spent some time looking at this (laughs) (laughs) listen i was eight years old yeah but now now you're not eight years old (laughs) well now yeah now i'm not eight years old now these now i just think it's like ridiculous so like but you know what i'm talking about right Uh like yeah you've seen like how weird that looks like what is that double shadow over the middle of her breasts i don't know do you think that's her bra or something (laughs) I really doubt the animators would have put that much thought into. But they did draw double shadows. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Let's move on. Rogue. Okay. Um, what do you think of Rogue? As a character? No, no we're going to costume. <laughs> yeah, <her> costume. <laughs> okay. We're talking about the series stuff first. Right, right, of course. Um, her, so I don't really know. All right, let me put it this way. Were you disappointed when you finally saw the X-Men movie and they had Rogue and she wasn't, like, anything like the Rogue of the cartoon? Yes, but not because of the outfit, because okay. of the personality. And what about the powers? Because in the movie, she just has the power to absorb people's powers by touching them. But they haven't, like... In the show, she's super strong and can fly like Superman. But she's an adult in the show, is the thing. And well, in, well in okay, the... that's a good question. I, she's, like, 20-ish. She's older anyways, right? right? So, okay. like, the times when you really see her, like, use her superpowers to their full ex- extent, mm-hmm. she she's, like, absorbing somebody else's power and using it, right? What do you mean? The movie or the in cartoon? In the cartoon. Whereas in the, sh- in the movie, she's young, and, like, they, they don't have her going out on missions to save right. the oh, world so yet, you're referring so she's to... not actually, like, right. doing anything I with mean, her powers. So you're referring... So what happened with Rogue is, to explain to the audience, is that and in a future episode of the cartoon, spoilers, uh, Rogue, they show her backstory. She All she had was just the power to absorb other people's powers. So they have her... She was a bad guy at first. She worked for Mystique. And she went on a mission where she absorbed uh, Captain Marvel's powers, who was this female superhero who could fly and had super strength. So, But she absorbed them for so long that she put, uh, uh, not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel mm-hmm. in a coma, and, but, and she permanently took her powers. So that's how dangerous Rogue is. If she held on to, let's say, Cyclops for like 20 minutes, she would have his powers forever and Cyclops would be in a coma or dead. Right. Okay, but anyway. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, it's disappointing to see her as a character in the movies, but it's because they don't, they don't get they that haven't far. like done that part of the timeline yet right. where like, or they decided to just ignore it. Right. Which yeah. also 
maybe they're not going to do it. I well, don't know. I but, mean, like, she's one of, like, the best characters in yeah. in the TV show, in my and opinion. And I always found that disappointing in the and movie. And it's, like, yeah, right. It's, like, a false start with her character in the movies. Yeah, definitely. And do you like her outfit? <laughs> her outfit? Yeah. It's a superhero outfit. I don't know. It's a green and yellow outfit. So yeah. she doesn't have the blue. She's got green for some reason. Right, so I don't know why. Skin tight, like... I guess, that but makes again, sense. it's like she's a superhero, so like she's right. got to be able to move around, right, like yeah. you know. They and need also, spandex. she can't Come she on. can't touch anyone, so her whole skin has to be covered. Right, right. And she has her cool. They all have these like cool X Men bomber jackets, <laughs> yeah. you know, like these leather. Like Cyclops has one. Um, I, I think a few of the other ones wear them sometimes too. With like, it's like a leather jacket with like the red X, red and black X logo on the arm sleeve. Right. I want to get that jacket now that I mention it. That's got to be a thing you can get or have made. Okay. That'd be really cool. Okay, next. Uh, <laughs> Beast. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, Beast just, like, there are no clothes that contain his, can contain his awesome strength or that's, something, that's right? That's not true. Is that, no, is that in, like... in episodes coming up, he wears, like, head-to-toe clothing sometimes. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, like, normally when you picture Beast, you, like... Right. He's like an <laughs> animal, so... Right. He, yeah, but but in this show he wears like super shiny, just like the same material Storm has. I'm guessing like re- reflective shiny underpants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that leave little to the imagination. <laughs> um, and he wears. And the other funny thing about Beast is he wears like uh, his scientist glasses. Yeah. Right. Well, he's smart and he has to and show he, it. He's nearsighted. <laughs> Yeah, well, all smart people are, right? Well, he doesn't wear his glasses when he goes to fight, so I wonder if he has contacts in. And you're right, yeah, all smart people wear glasses. Yeah. Um, All right, so that's Beast. Um, And then next is, all right, let's go to Jubilee. Mm -hmm. So describe her outfit. She's got the pink t-shirt, the blue shorts. I think it's a tank top, a pink tank top. Oh, is it? Uh, maybe. maybe. She always has that yellow jacket on top, right. though, so you can't, like, really tell. It's like, would you describe that as a raincoat or, like, a trench coat? Mm, tough call. Yeah. Don't know. I, I think it's more of, like, a raincoat. She's got the boots, the yellow boots. Yellow boots. Or, and, may, or are they, No, they're blue. They're blue, blue boots. boots. And, like, a blue, blue shorts. Yeah. And then she has those yellow gloves that don't make sense because Why? she... She, like, shoots fireworks out of her fingers, but the gloves somehow remain intact. And she has them before she joins the X-Men, so it's not like... Right. Not like Professor X gave her Right. Gloves. Nobody gave her, like, you know, some Ruby Quartz level God, material. I never thought of that before, that she shoots the fireworks out of... on the outside of her gloves. Right. I also, <laughs> like... <laughs> so she doesn't appear in the movies, really. Oh, you, wait, you missed one detail. Her awesome pink, like, 90s sunglasses. Right, the enormous sunglasses. Really hip to me. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, yeah, so, she doesn't... Well, she does appear in the movies as, like, a, a side li- character. Right, but, like, she's not a big deal in the movies. Like, she is... Right. Like, she's they, a big focus keep, in the TV it's show, It's like right? they keep trying to introduce her in the movies, but they never get around to it, or they realize it's pointless. But, so, the thing is, like, for us, there's no comparison of, like, what her powers would be like there versus right. what they are in the show. It, yeah, how, in the show, they're pretty crappy. Right. She, they're not that dangerous. Right. I mean, maybe But, like, it makes scenes. you really wonder, like, how do they go through the glove, and then, like, <laughs> should there be some element to maybe it Maybe she's, also like, creating where... them on the outside of her hands or something. Yeah, but, like, shouldn't there be also some element where, like, if you touch her hands, like, you 
get blown up or something. Well, I mean, she and, controls like, it a little better than. But there like, should Cyclops. be like some reason for her wearing those gloves. There has to be like. I think it's just a fashion choice. Yeah. Right. Oh, maybe you're right. You're right. Maybe the gloves just feels like extra safe keeping her hands gloved because they're dangerous weapons. Maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. Next. Speculation. Yeah. Uh, Next is, let's say, Gambit. Uh Uh-huh. How do you like his outfit? Um, I think it's the craziest outfit (laughs) on the show. Why? He's wearing... Okay. He's wearing... And most... He he does have some different outfits. Uh Like, he does... In some episodes, he has, like, real fancy man, like, French, like, high-coat couture outfits couture couture <laughs> couture outfits <laughs> like sometimes when he's out like driving in his convertible which he has too which is right. funny um but mainly and he goes out in public in this outfit with no shame and it's not weird he wears pink a pink body armor chest plate right uh <laughs> he wears is like that to like shield him from himself <laughs> i have no idea he... <laughs> you know like the sparks are flying from i think it's just cards. protective i think he's just protecting himself yeah okay he's got he wears blue metallic boots yeah um that big brown coat a big brown trench coat which just makes it because he's a thief you know right. that's his backstory so it's kind of like a thieves outfit and right. so and he wears like black yoga pants with like pink like checkerboard <laughs> that's funny. markings down the side. oh yeah like, they're definitely yoga, yoga pants. pants yeah he's wearing yoga pants what I never understood about his outfit though really is like the mask yeah. component of it like how does that adhere to his face well because it's you know pulled I mean? on through the it's well okay because so like the face hole is really big like right. those panels should not be able to like stick well to his it's face. made of the stretchy yoga pants material I think he's not wearing yoga pants maybe he's like wearing a onesie that like <laughs> he, he puts like the pink yeah on. he puts the pink armor over the onesie and the top of the onesie is the thing he pulls over the top of his head but his hair sticks out though yeah because he's yeah. you know he's got a real like 90s like you know i don't know like pretty man's haircut yeah all right yeah yeah and he's got like red and black eyeballs which you know i as a kid i had the marvel trading cards which mm-hmm. you collect and on gambit they said what his powers were that his eyeballs could charm people mm-hmm. and seduce them Right. And I always thought that was really weird. I mean, they don't explain that in the show, but, like, in the show, they he definitely... They make him, like, a real sweet talker, though, in yeah, the show. It's yeah. like the eyeballs are, are not exclusively what makes him charming. Right. Well, know? I mean, they wouldn't make him... Char- they'd make him repulsive in real life. Right, but... <laughs> I mean, if you saw someone with black pupils and red, like, irises, that's yeah. pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, speaking... His introduction is so hilarious to me, because we meet him in the mall in the first episode, mm-hmm. and he's, like, seducing this, uh, like... Um, well, he's not well, seducing. He's like he's flirting. Okay, yeah. Because she's flirt- flirting back with him. Well, no, she. He says, okay. First of all, what he's doing, he's buying like twenty boxes of playing cards. <laughs> yeah, that's part- <laughs> which is so hilarious because <laughs> really that, great. that answers a lot of questions kids like might logically have. Like, where does he get all his cards from? He goes to the mall and he buys them in bulk, <laughs> right? Just like you would do. So. And the, and, the, and what's great about the show is the, Go the down woman. To the mall. Yeah, the woman comments on it. She's like, "You sure like playing cards?" <laughs> Yeah. And he says, Solitaire is okay, unless I got someone to play with. <laughs> <laughs> and she's completely, like, into it. Yeah, right. She's like, oh, really? Or whatever. And she's yeah. like, this, like, super, like, awesome dude wearing pink body armor in the mall. He's for me. <laughs> with red and black eyeballs. <laughs> Buying 20 cases of playing cards. All right, so Gambit's great. Um, <laughs> next, uh, okay, Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Worst costume on the show. She's got well. She has that same weird like face covering so that she's really wearing should the same not like as Gambit, but adhere. hers is hers is nude colored. <laughs> right. 
And it's like so skin tight that it really I mean, it's a cartoon, so it doesn't right. actually look like she's nude, right. but like I just imagine if you saw her in real life in that outfit, you'd be like, Where are the the clothes on that woman? Right. Well, and you know what else is weird about her? She's got the same sort of shoulder deal as Wolverine, but even a little bigger. Oh yeah, that's her, right. Her like jutting out the blue... future half sleeve. Right. <laughs> the stiff like yeah. shoulder protrusion. That's true. And and the difference between her and Gamut is she's got the same like thing over her head. Yeah. Like a crown of something. Right. And her ponytail sticks out the back. Um but on her like the crown part of her head, she's got this that, like, like pentagon. pentagon. Yeah, that glows blue and she uses her telekinesis or telepathy. Right. So that, that might be another sense. like Professor X. Right. It's like enhances it cuz she's thing. not as strong as him yet or something. Or something. Anyway, her her uh I mean her costume is really bad. Yeah. It's really ugly. And it's a shame because like, Jean Grey actually has some pretty good costumes in the X-Men comic history. Hmm. I mean, especially her Phoenix costume, which they get to well, later on. Well, they get on. to that, yeah, yeah. but, like, that's, like, a superior costume. Hmm. Um, all right, and then lastly, Professor X. Right. Okay, there's two looks for Professor X. The main look... <laughs> I'm more excited about this than you are. The, <laughs> the main look is he's always wearing a, like, a, like, olive puke green... Um, his suit. Like, suit. Like yeah. a man's suit. Like a business suit. No, it's more like a professor suit. Same. Like, Whatever. I guess, like, a, like a college professor would wear a green suit, maybe. Okay. And um, <laughs> he sits in his big yellow, like, robot floating chair. Uh-huh. Which I, you know, I was asking you when we were watching the episode, like, do you think that chair is comfortable? I think 100% it's the most comfortable chair I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was disappointed. Uh, in the movie X-Men Days of Future Past, they had... Um, uh, Professor X. It's like the future. So it's like, this is the time to bust out the yellow chair. Yeah. They they show him with a floating chair, but it's like a real, like, basic chair. It's just like a chair that floats. Yeah. And you see his legs. Well, because, I it, mean, they did that with all the outfits in the movies, right? Well, like, the chair's not part of his outfit. The okay, chair, but the chair it's is like, a big golden chair. But it would, chair. like, stick out. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, they but, really, like, mute all the what? colors because they're like, oh, it has to look more like real life. It has to look more, like, rugged or, like... Yeah, but everyone would have been happy to see the chair. <laughs> if he just had a big yellow chair and it was unexplained, everyone, first of all, everyone would get it. They all know what it is, yeah. and everyone would cheer for it. Right. Okay, but what, and then his other look, when he goes on a missions, and I just thought of this the other day, he doesn't wear his business suit. Uh-huh. He wears, like, like an X-Men commando suit. He's got, like, a military, like, a button-up, like, military, yeah. green military That's right. uh, well, he's jacket a general. and pants. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of like a general outfit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. He should go on more missions with them. He's way too powerful. He stays at home too much. <laughs> <laughs> but he still, like, helps from afar, so. I mean, he does. I mean, the whole, like, you actually. load that chair into the Blackbird. Come on. A big part of, like, the story writing lifting that the writers of X-Men have to do in all mediums mm-hmm. is they have to, like, find a way to take Professor X out of the action. Yeah. Because he's way too overpowered. Right. Because they can establish that he can, like, freeze time, like, brainwash people, uh, like, travel in time, sort of, well, not really, go to the astral plane, mm-hmm. you know, just control people with this, like, I mean, he could solve all the world's problems single-handedly if he wasn't so, like, moral. Yeah, right. He, he has to... <laughs> he could just, like, stop like, Magneto forever. Let the people learn their lessons for themselves. And it, it's really taken a hard lead path. Lead everyone to the right. Yeah, so, I mean, a big way. part of the show, and they yeah. do this on this show, too, is they, like, keep Professor X out of the action. Yeah. Because you know, it's just, otherwise, people would wonder, why doesn't Professor X just stop everything? So, but, I mean, he's still a great character, though. I mean... Mm-hmm. And the eyebrows, come on. Oh, yeah, the eyebrows are great. Yeah. Did you know that in real life, the voice actor 
that plays Jean Grey and the voice actor Professor X got married. I did not know that. And then they got divorced. Hmm. And now I think the guy does Professor X is dead. I mean, I'm not sure about that, but Hmm. that's just a little fun fact. (laughs) All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's all the costumes. um, And that's all our character introductions. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next thing I want to talk about and get your opinions on, um, you know, as we delve into the first episode. So in the first episode, it's called Night of the Sentinels. And the main villain is the Sentinels. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, the Sentinels are, like, gigantic robots that... Purple robots. (laughs) (laughs) That's an important detail. (laughs) Do you think they painted them purple, or it's, like, some kind of purple alloy? Uh, Who knows? That's a good question, because they're kind of, like, red and purple, and, like, Magneto is the master of magnetism, and he's also red and purple, which is, like, weird. Like, all the metal in the X-Men universe is red and purple, let's just say that. Anyway... I have some. Like, I love the Sentinels. I love the. I love the voices of the Sentinels. I like that they like think out loud sometimes. Yeah. They're like you know it's it's like what should I do next? <laughs> it's like never mind. I don't know. <laughs> Real introspective robots. Right. They're kind of introspective. Um. And you know, I mean, and the and the the reason they're great villains in the show is because the X Men can like actually like go to town on them. They can use their powers like wolverine can slash them to no end right cyclops can blow them up storm can punch them in the face because you know in this show there's a great deal of censorship right like they had to really limit the violence like sure i mean it's for kids yeah but i mean batman had violence yeah batman but punch people in like, line with in this the show whole... you weren't allowed to punch people in the face right well because it's in line with all of the morality that the show tries to teach, you know what I mean? It's, and it's like, in a way, that kind of thing is really powerful to kids. Because they deliver lines constantly, especially yeah, but, like Storm will make like those proclamations about like, and yeah, but, the evil doers, <laughs> that, like whatever. That's how Storm speaks. <laughs> right. I command you to release that child. Yeah, right, exactly, overprotective and stuff. So Make ice! <laughs> That's, that's my favorite storm. That has nothing to do with morality, but yes. Right. Yeah, she's just making ice, but she has to really let Mother Nature know that's what she wants to do next. Maybe that's how her power works. She has to talk to Mother Nature. She's like, Oh, maybe. And Mother Nature, you know, you have to shout it. It's kind of like yeah. deaf or something. I don't know. All right, anyway. Um, Anyways, I think, like, the whole issue of them having to avoid violence in the show is, like, kind of sweet and, like, old-fashioned. And also it made the the directors and animators and everyone, like, really creative. Yeah, I mean, I get... Yeah, you're right. It's, like, a neat trick they pull off because, really, the X-Men are, like, ultra-violent. Yeah. I mean, everything about them is about how they can use their violence to solve problems, more or less. (laughs) And, um, you know, I mean, it's a funny thing in the show because Wolverine's always popping his claws in anger at people. Like, always threatening people's claws. And, of course, he can never stab anyone in the show. That's way out of the question. Right. So it's always funny how, it, like, he works up to these moments of, like, scary rage, and he's always stopped. <laughs> and um, and and just back to the Sentinels real quick. I mean, I just wanted to mention how, like, what a ridiculous program the Sentinel program is. <laughs> like, it's a, basically a federal program or maybe, like, some secret black book federal program. It's something... The federal government's involved. Mm-hmm. And their solution is to invest supposedly 
hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, God knows how much it would cost to invent Sentinels, but in making like Godzilla-sized robots that stomp around your town to you know capture mutants. Now, if you were a human in the X-Men universe and you were like legitimately concerned about the mutant problem, but then you saw that the government's solution was to have like these like humongous robots as the answer, would you like what do you think would be worse? <laughs> mutants or the robots? I mean, me? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. What, what would I think is yeah. worse? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like we're getting into some territory where you can start drawing some parallels with with current events, and uh, you can, you know, I'm I'm just saying I think uh, the robots are worse than the mutants. I would be so well, yeah. if the government Duh. like came out with like Godzilla sized robots, I would be so completely terrified. I mean, in the first episode, they establish how impractical they are when they step on the street. The the like the asphalt cracks. Yeah, yeah and I cars like slide into the asphalt. <laughs> yeah. And then they land on the ground and crush lamp posts. And yeah, uh, they're super destructive. Yeah, they're just—they do not even like not apologizing. It'd be funny if they apologized. <laughs> but actually, they do say in like one scene where he's walking through the mall, the Sentinel. He's like, "Do not be alarmed. I am not here to harm you." Right. And he, as he like destroys, crushes like, all the elevators. Right, like, like a three-story like window with glass shattering everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the Sentinels are not a practical solution. And it, you know, it's, you know, good on the X-Men for uh, taking them on. I guess, yeah. I would be on the X-Men side. I might be, you know, I would, like, reconsider my thoughts on hating mutants if I, if someone explained to me what the X-Men were trying to do. Yeah, okay. I mean, you would, but... Well, I'm a thoughtful guy. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, and uh, the next thing I want to touch on is, um, you know, this is the first episode, so we're meeting the team, um... And right away, they start establishing uh, a few of the relationships between the characters. And the one that stands out the most in the first episode is uh, you get some real beef between Cyclops and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is the funniest relationship on the show, especially in the first two episodes. They hate each other so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. Like, Cyclops says, like, two words to Wolverine, and Wolverine pops his claws in his face, his razor-sharp adamantium claws, and basically threatens to kill him. Like, mm-hmm. stay out of my way. Yeah. And, and then, to Cyclops' credit, he keeps trying to boss this guy around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny that, like, Cyclops, like, you know, is trying to control this, like, lunatic of a man and trying to get him to, like, follow orders like he's a soldier. Right. In a platoon. I mean, it's so stupid. Like, Wolverine is such an individual and such a loner and such a wild card. Yeah. And to think that, like, to think there's something in Cyclops' personality where he thinks, like, I'm going to show that guy, like, who's in charge. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, they both are really certain that they're right. You know, and they're just, like, clashing personalities and it creates friction in the show. That's, Uh, But it's just, there's just something so funny about, like, Cyclops is such, like, a dorky, like, nerd they have a scene where he's like really sucking up to the professor right he's like you know just like you professor i believe that all mutants and humans should get along as you do in your dream but are we really doing the right thing you know he's like really kissing the professor's butt well but also that's where the morality for children comes in it's really on the nose in in that kind of scene that kind of proclamation but that's not the only time that happens in the show right they're really driving that point home and that's good and that's one of the best parts of the show yeah Yeah. and they're encouraging 
kids to really think about it, I guess, on some level, like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And, you I, know, I, it's, it's not bad. No, it's great. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I just love the way they hate each other. Um, and then another relationship uh, that stuck out to me in the first one, it's not, it's more of like a friendship. You know, this show passes the Bechtel test. Yeah. Because you got... That's true. You've got... what? No one... They don't even do this to this day that much. You've got Rogan Storm as main characters. They're super overpowered, mm-hmm. you know, to, like, godlike abilities. Rogue is, like, like a minor Superman, in yeah. a sense. Like, not quite as strong as Superman, but basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. She's... And she has other powers that are like yeah. She's that got Superman other powers. Yeah, <laughs> and Storm controls the weather, like mm-hmm. the entire global like ecosystem <laughs> somehow. Yeah. So they're super powered, and but they've got like they they establish that they're walking around, shopping in the mall together, hanging out. You know, they go to uh, Elizabeth's Secrets That's in the right. mall. We noticed <laughs> <laughs> buying underwear together. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think that's a pretty cool thing for, like, a TV show about superheroes. Well, that's not what makes it past the Bechdel test. No, right. Well, yeah. I mean, you started down that road and ended at them buying underwear together. Right. Which, well, actually, okay. we don't even see them inside the store. Sh- no, the, they're just the looking at it. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> they're just passing by, <laughs> to be really fair. Well, they, they've got – all their bags suggest they were buying clothing, though, together. Okay, fine. I mean, that's not the point. I don't care about that. <laughs> the point is that – They've got a friendship. They Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. Yeah, okay. What's your point? That, like, they're really positive, like, role models. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, they're, like, they're independent, strong right? women. And they're not, like, all about, like, you know, like, talking about guys and stuff. Right. You know? In fact, Rogue, like, can't even deal with guys because she can't kiss people or have romance or touch people's skin. And that's one of the tragic aspects to her character. Right. And that's that really is, like, a beautiful touch to that character. And makes her, like, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about uh, for this episode before we wrap up is um, we've got one more character called Morph. Mm-hmm. He was a character who was not in the comic books. Um, you know, he was. I guess he was kind of popular enough on this show that they retconned him into the comics later on. Hmm. And actually, he might have been based off a different character with a different name somewhere in the comic book history. I don't know. Um but Morph, uh, you know, um, let's talk about his costume real quick. He's wearing the ultimate generic X-Men costume. It's like the same as Cyclops' costume, isn't it? It is, but it's like even more generic. Oh, okay. Because he has no, he like, He doesn't have the utility touch. sash. Right. He does have the leather jacket, though, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> he has no utility sash. He was not trusted <laughs> to carry extra things. He doesn't need the uh, but he smoke does... grenades. He... No, but you know what we saw? <laughs> just, like, manifest items. Yeah, <laughs> we saw on the scene he turns into a cop and he has this gas gun. And then he transforms back uh, into himself and the gas gun disappears. So it's almost like he could... No, it doesn't disappear. He puts it away. No, no. But if you look at closely at it, he puts it away, but it, it disappears in his belt. Oh. It, like, literally disappears. And that makes sense to me because, like, there's other scenes where he can be Wolverine and, like, have claws. And my theory is, and I just thought about this today, uh-huh. that characters like Morph or even Mystique, it's like, well, first of all, they're creating clothing along with just changing their face and appearance. Mm-hmm. So that means it's like they can 3D print objects in real time. <laughs> oh, They're like 3D printers. I guess so. I always thought of it more as like, in like a k- kind of creepy way, the cloth 
is part of them. Like the cloth is not cloth when they wear it. It's organic material. Like it's part of their body. No, that I, I definitely think that's not the case. I mean, you're, that would be really creepy if yeah, that was the case. Yeah, that's kind of what I always imagined. I, I think they can wear clothing and the clothing can get torn and it's like clothing. Uh-huh. So like I'm saying, they can 3D print like just instantly like objects that are not just like changing their body but then where does like it go crazy... when they're done with it that's a good <laughs> i don't know it's like they must project some kind of energy field um anyway some <laughs> more <laughs> holograms or something i don't know yeah maybe it's a hologram right. or it's like an illusion um, but anyway morph um <laughs> he's like a funny character and he's got a funny little relationship with wolverine they're like buddies uh-huh. um and anyway uh you know spoilers for episode two morph dies and, you know, I'm not going to get into that yet because I want to make a big deal of it in the next episode. But <laughs> <laughs> You just spoiled it then. No, but like... I guess there's no such thing as spoilers. These shows have been right out yeah. for 20 I years. mean, it's possible <laughs> that, you know, people are going to, like, might be curious about the show and might want to follow along with us. Uh-huh. I mean, if that's the case, you should listen to this after you watch the episode, which but, would make the most sense. But then, all right, but then that still wouldn't... I still did spoil the second episode. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He dies. It's okay. Everyone knows about it. All right. Especially if you listen to this podcast. Um, I just think, and I'll explain it more in detail in the next episode, it is one of the most senseless deaths in any medium ever okay. of fiction. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into it next episode. Right? I am. That's, oh. that's the spoiler for next episode. We're going right. to hear why Morse death is so senseless. Okay. So, I mean, that's all I got for our... So what did you want to say about him this episode? I just wanted to say that he exists. You just wanted to talk about his clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fashion's really important in the X-Men universe. Okay. I mean, this is, uh, this is a period thought, piece. Like, this is the 90s. Morph just existed as, like, a, a counterbalance to Mystique because, like, they've got a shapeshifter, so we've got a shapeshifter, that kind of thing. You know? I mean, that, that would have been the case had Morph, like, been a regular character. Yeah. That would be, like, kind of a cool, like... And then they could have gotten to a romance or something, which would have been interesting. Right, yeah. Um, oh, that's actually a great idea for, like, a movie. Like, you have, like, Morph and Mystique in the same movie, and they have, like, a lot of interactions. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of, like, two shapeshifters trying to fool each other. Be cool. It's no? too much. Too much? Okay, too much. fine. All right, anyway, that's, that. that's the end of episode one, our inaugural episode. And, you know, uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um... And we'll be back for episode two, Night of the Sentinels, part two. So, uh, I have to say goodnight. Okay, goodnight. Goodnight. Goodnight.